Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Arreta, NWSL lead writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we will be recapping Wednesday's NWSL matches, Kansas City versus Louisville and Portland versus Gotham FC. And we will also be previewing this weekend slate of NWSL matches but a quick reminder that you can actually watch NWSL full game extended highlights at youtube.com slash attacking third. Go check those out. Subscribe to our YouTube page so you don't miss a thing. Lisa, these games, we're about to get through it. How are you doing today? I'm good. Um, fun to watch these games on a Wednesday evening. I like the midweek matchups and then more this weekend. You can never get enough of it. Honestly, Sandra, how are you? I'm I'm right there with you. We couldn't get enough of it. And we got a week where we have to do midweek matches ahead of some some matches on, on the weekend. Uh, had a little bit of a rainstorm here last night Ooh. in Chicago. So, you know, after watching that late, late night game between Portland and Gotham, I got some good sleep in for sure. <laughs> after all your caffeine that you had to stay up for those games, you, you actually got some rest. I'm very you impressed. You got to balance things out. And sometimes the weather helps out. <laughs> the rain came in real, real clutch uh, for all that. But let's get into it for our listeners here. We've got two midweek games to go through. We've got starting first Kansas City NWSL versus Racing Louisville FC. I'm already giggling about it, Lisa, because I'm pretty sure we picked against Kansas City in this one. And what did they do? They got their second win at home. They defeated. Beat Racing Louisville FC two to one. Good stuff here. We got a feature from Own Goal in this one. Own Goal's having a great, great summer all across the league. But two one in favor of Kansas City and WSL. Things are maybe happening for them in this in this second half. Uh, they're still sitting in in last place in the ta- in the table, tenth place with ten points, and uh, there's a lot to maybe take a look into. You know what's going on on the pitch for now, but in terms of momentum and trying to close out their second half of the season with something to build on with an eye ahead, I think this is something that they could look back on and hang their head on. What did you think of this game, Lisa? I'm very happy for Kansas City. Of course, I like when the underdog (laughs) scores goals and wins games with style. This Kansas City squad had style and they had class throughout this match. Um, A few things that we talked about in the preview for this one is whether for Racing Louisville, if Katie Lund would be in goal or if Michelle Bados. Michelle Bados was between the pipes for Racing Louisville. And for Kansas City, A.D. French, she got the start uh, with her new squad. Um, So that was pretty exciting exciting to see. And I think, I mean, we talked about how this was such a great move for Kansas city to snatch up Casey or to snatch up uh, AD French and 
to have someone like that on your defensive end and behind you as a leader and a veteran in this league is just so big for Kansas City. And she proved that. Um, but this Kansas City squad, they were different in this matchup against Racing Louisville because they had so much pressure on Racing Louisville throughout the first half. And that's actually how they got their first goal. It ended up being an own goal against Racing Louisville, but that's because Kansas City had so much pressure on Racing Louisville's back line. And we'll get into it because Racing has another game this weekend, but this was their fourth game in like... 10 days or 12 yeah. days, something ridiculous. And they looked really tired. Yeah, they did. They the, cal- the calendar is getting crowded for sure. They, they had heavy legs. They were put under a lot of pressure. Kansas City used the heavy legs of racing to their advantage by putting them under so much pressure. And it showed because the passes weren't sharp. Mentally, they were a little bit tired. There was mistakes happening in defensive error for racing Louisville that Casey just really capitalized on. The own goal happening in the 18th minute um Kristen Hamilton she played a great ball in behind she is a player that had a fantastic fantastic game this was her 100th NWSL regular season game she ends up forcing I'm gonna say forcing the own goal she had a beautiful cross in and racing Louisville just couldn't defend well their shape and their positioning body positioning was not well they couldn't track back due to tired legs um and it was ended up being a bad giveaway in the middle of the park for Louisville to capitalize um for Kansas City to get this goal and then Kansas City ended up going up 2-0 in the 40th minute Kristen Hamilton in her 100th NWSL regular season game forces the own goal and then she gets one in the back of the net herself this came off high pressure it was a breakaway play beautiful ball by Mace to do a slip pass into Hamilton who just runs between Louisville's back line and slots it away um Nadia Nadim for Racing Louisville. She did have an opportunity or two, but couldn't put it away. Um, ultimately, CeCe Kaiser gets one on the board uh, along with Nadia Nadim. Um, ball in the back line for Casey really stopped running yeah. to, to follow through with CeCe Kaiser. It was a little give and go between Kaiser and Nadia Nadim. And Ball was marking up Kaiser. Kaiser made a great run through and Ball didn't stay with her. So, uh, Louisville did get on the board to end this one 2-1. Um, also, there's a red card given out at the end of this game <laughs> to Sydney Miramontez. She got two yellows in what the span of like five minutes or yeah, something. Tired. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna. Tired legs. It, I'm gonna put it on some of the fatigue. Quite honestly, I just you saw like how it was affecting this team yes. and. Louisville getting the goal late in the second half when they got it, you know, maybe in another week where they don't have so many minutes on their legs, it's could be a moment of shift in momentum during that game. And they can maybe try to push for an equalize or, or maybe even a game winning goal, but it just wasn't going to happen in this game. And it's so, you're so right in breaking down some of these, these goals and these, cause some of the areas in this pitch were just like wide open gaps. There was mm-hmm. just a lot of, you could just, and I don't know what I mean, on Kansas city is just maybe just some of how they've been playing this year or their, their lack of ability into, into, into playing. We haven't really seen this team play a, a full 90 minute game of what could be considered sophisticated soccer, I guess. Right. And then you're going up against a team that is tired, just outright tired and, and, and playing. So, there, there were moments of this game for sure where 
this was not the game that you look at and say, like, you're going to get the prettiest soccer in NWSL in this one. But it worked in favor of Kansas City. And they walked away with this, well, thankfully, this this 2-1 win because it, it looked for a second there like Louisville was going to make things interesting. But they just kind of didn't have the the energy to to make it happen in the end. And Casey at home for this game, I just want to put this out there in, in the soccer world. Can they stop playing on a baseball diamond? Oh, man. <laughs> Can we get rid of that? Can we move on to a different field for Casey? Uh, it's a huge soccer city. Yeah. Kansas City, they, they got their second win at home. But come on, can we yeah. get them off of a baseball diamond? Maybe next you know, year. And, you know, these are things I think that all of these things are going to be, be looked at, which is why having this win for Kansas City, you got to have, like, Hopefully, I was hoping that we were both hoping that this team was eventually going to get a win. And now they've got two wins. They got right? two. <laughs> now they got two wins. But these are the these are the moments. These are the things. Even within those, even within the draws that they've got, those are the things that they can look back and take a look at individual performances, players that they want to continue building with, in light of having this sort of it's almost like a bit of a very, it almost feels like a very, very, very long preseason. For this team and anytime this was a second meeting for these two clubs and anytime these two they're both the, the two expansion sides for this league and so anytime these two teams kind of go head ahead I'm kind of paying attention a little bit closer just to see where they and you're sort of seeing where a team like Louisville is and they kind of have like even though they're sitting where they're sitting in, in the standings which is at number nine they have a certain energy about them. We're starting to see small parts of their team culture shine through whether it's on the pitch or off the pitch. And we're not necessarily seeing that with Kansas City yet. But mm-hmm. having these wins, making the trade like they trade for players like Mace and Hamilton, who are clearly already getting acclimated to the club and the scenery and the setting, and making a move for somebody like Adriana French, those are already like signals to me that this team is trying to look ahead a little bit. And maybe in an, another expansion year, they can look a little bit different. And that's going to include the personnel that they have on the pitch. That's going to include the facility that they possibly play in. We'll see. But but for now, congrats to Kansas City on getting their second home win of the year. We've got a final one to get through for midweek action, Lisa. We've got Portland Thorns FC versus Gotham FC. It was NWSL action after darking. I got to admit, watching this game, maybe kind of a little bit of the the calmer of the late night games that we've had in this 2021 season. A 2-1 win for Portland Thorns. First place against fifth place. There was a lot going on in this game really early on. A lot of hype about the Olympians making their return to their markets and now to the pitch back in NWSL regular season action. We got to see Lindsay Horan, Crystal Dunn, Christine Sinclair make their NWSL return. And we got to see Carly Lloyd return to Providence Park. And she tends to have herself some games there in front of the in front of the big crowds. So this one we were hyped about. And this one we had circled on for sure. And it it did not take long, Lisa, for Portland to just get these Olympians to just sort of get reacclimated with with their team. There's a lot of narrative around there. And, and this I'm including ourselves in this in which the return of Olympians, we talk about how there might, it might take time for players to sort of, you know, integrate back into systems, find that cohesion and connection with their teammates after coming off of a very intense tournament like they all went through over in the Tokyo Games. But we're watching this Portland Thorns team, and it literally took them like 15 minutes <laughs> to get it all together <laughs> and figure things out. 
what a match for them. Honestly, what were some of your takeaways, Lisa? Yeah, I mean, the 15 minutes it took for them to get <laughs> into a rhythm with each other, which honestly is not even as long as it takes some teams who have been playing together all season to get into a rhythm in a game. But one thing that stood out to me, one player, which I'm sure many people watching this Portland match saw as well, Sophia Smith. Holy cow. This girl. Uh, so taking a look at the Olympics and her time over the last few months and what she's been through and everything that she's gone through, she was a player that was in the Olympic pool part of the talk of potentially going to the Olympics as an alternate, as a full-time squad member, didn't make the cut. She wasn't there. And that was heartbreaking for her as a player. But looking back on it, the consistency that she's been able to have staying with Portland, staying under Mark Parsons, staying with her teammates, staying in a consistent NWSL regular season schedule and not going to the Olympics has allowed her more consistent playing time because if she were to go to the Olympics, she probably wouldn't have seen that many minutes. Um, so she got, she's had more consistent minutes on the field with players and with coaches. And that has given her the confidence to play lights out. And that's what we saw from her. She was all over the pitch. Um, doing a lot of the work. I mean, Christine Sinclair and her working together up top. So good. So good. They're very different styles of player. Christine Sinclair is a little bit more slow and relaxed on the ball and she can occupy the space. And Sophia Smith just darting around up top, which caused so much confusion for Gotham's back line and Gotham's back line has seen a lot of that this year and they've been able to handle that but they just they couldn't um gotham started in a three back which also made it easier for christine sinclair and sophia smith to weave in and out of them and lose their defenders um but sophia smith man she is good she ended up getting goals in this game being huge. She got the first goal in about the 29th minute at the half hour mark for Portland Thorns. There was another goal shot by Christine Sinclair that went off of Smith's head how she's like laying on the goal. Yeah, line. it was just minutes later. It was just it minutes was like, later. It was literally like two minutes after she had got the opening goal. It just and uh, Smith caused that. She yeah. caused that sequence of events to happen. It was a slip and, and it went and it yeah. she connected, but it was just ruled yeah. offside. It was like it was unbelievable but at the same time absolutely believable just because that's who she's been for this team over the course of really the year I mean she's she started off her regular season with a couple goals against and then opening AME in Chicago and she's just sort of continued her development in this in this season this second year with the thorns and you know listening to a little bit of the the media availability with Mark Parsons and he kind of chalked up the fact that having somebody like Sinclair playing kind of in the nine role, playing off of Smith was kind of just out of necessity because of the, <laughs> the forward pull kind of picking up the knocks that they picked up. Simone Charlie coming out with an injury during those WICC games, uh, which could have loomed large for maybe another team, but this is the thorns that we're talking about, but she, she came out with an injury while Morgan Weaver is kind of working her way back to form from an injury of her own. So no one is actually super like 70 to 90 minute fit right now, I guess, in terms of the top line, but it was perfect timing to have somebody like Sinclair make, make her return. And it just, you saw this team, it didn't take them long to, to, to start exposing that 
space between Gotham's back three. Uh, but once they did and they started connecting, it was it was over. You could see like as soon as it was like blood in the water for this team. Yeah. And they made it look so easy too. And then ended up with penalty kick, drawing and penalty kick, which Estelle Johnson, she does not commit fouls in the back line for Gotham. She's been a pretty solid rock. Uh, she's a very by-the-book defender. Um, but Sophia Smith, a- another another name drop for her, drawing this penalty kick, drawing the foul from Estelle Johnson and Sinclair just burying this penalty kick uh, at 2-0 for Portland to go up. But then Carly Lloyd... She doesn't really like to be down. <laughs> no, no, no. She credit to, does not like to be losing. No. Credit to Gotham. This was not like, a, you know, we're, we're, we're respectfully talking about the Thorns and the performance that they put together mm-hmm. because they've been on a ridiculous streak in the league. But Gotham didn't necessarily look like a poor team in this in this match. And credit to, to Freya Coombe. She made those tactical adjustments right at the half. We saw them ditch <laughs> we saw them ditch that three back make uh, some substitutions they brought on Amani Dorsey for Erica Skrosky who was having a, a rough game out there defensively she got picked off from Sophia Smith for that opening goal and uh, Estelle Johnson had to make the foul in the box on Smith just because of a you know of a, of a, of a miscue by Skrosky so her, her night ended early came out in the half they brought Dorsey on and we saw Gotham really start to play up through their midfield right which is which is bread and butter for, for Carly Lloyd, who her movement on and off the ball was very, very good. And we saw that that's what ended up leading to this goal for Gotham. And she just was kind of, again, we're talking about blood in the water, a little bit of a shark herself playing movement off of Mangus a little bit to kind of create her space and get this goal. Uh, but again, uh, another late goal happened in the 78th minute. It took a little while to get there. And unfortunately, the team just sort of ran out of time, quite frankly, to try and make another push because against a team like like Portland, who have been doing what they've been doing, even though they were staying organized to close out the game, they were still also trying to find an extra goal of their own. So it's it's a very impressive to watch a team, like a very offensive-minded team like the Thorns, somehow be able to play defense through their offense. It's 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 quite impressive. <laughs> it is very impressive. And the thing with Gotham and and head coach Freya Coombe switching to this three back, which we saw a few weeks ago, she's been trying it out. She wants to see it. The thing that has worked so well for Gotham throughout this season is having their wide players, specifically Caprice Didasco, who's the outside right back, push up the flank and send crosses in. So on in theory, it makes sense to play a three back with five in the midfield, pushing Didasco into an outside midfield midfield position that way she doesn't have to track back as much and she's already up the field so when she gets the ball the crosses are easier and it's less running for her but it doesn't always work out sometimes if it's not broke don't fix it so the four back is working for Gotham stick with it for Freya I mean what she has one more game left this weekend but (laughs) I mean at this point like stop changing it up you were you tried it didn't really work out and especially against a Portland Thorns team that has just such an attacking threat. I don't know. We'll see what happens moving forward with Gotham, but it's, I mean, great yeah, win for Portland. It's it's ambitious on the part of uh, Gotham, but you just got to consider the personnel that they don't have available to mm-hmm. be playing that 
you know, that three back as well. You know, no Paige Monahan. She's been out for some time. No, no Mitch Purse for for this one. So you got to consider all those things. And it didn't work out the same way that they had planned. But big win for Portland. They are now on an eight game undefeated streak in the league. They sit atop of the standings. Number one with a little bit of a cushion. I believe it's five points between them and second place, North Carolina Courage. Uh, but another big win for them. Another statement win, as far as I'm concerned. Doesn't matter who's on the pitch. Uh, Sophia Smith alluding to 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 such uh, in her postgame comments, just saying it doesn't matter who she's playing with out there. It could, it could be whomever and she just feels really lucky that they have the team that they have this year. So Another quick turnaround. We're talking about a lot of games. Portland has another one coming up this weekend. We're going to get into all of this weekend's games. We're going to come back after a quick break. You know, we always like our hydration breaks here. Five games on the weekend. We'll be back with our picks and our games to watch. Lisa, cheers. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got games to preview this weekend, and only one is on Saturday, and four games are on Sunday. I hope it rains all day Sunday in Philly. That way I can just stay inside and not feel guilty about not being in the sunshine because I'm just going to be on my couch watching these games. Clear your schedules, folks. It's <laughs> happening. Saturday, we've got one game to go through. It is Chicago Red Stars versus Kansas City NWSL. Chicago back at home after a lengthy road trip of their own that consisted of NWSL regular season action and Women's Cup action as well. Taking on Kansas City NWSL, who are coming off of a win themselves. So a little bit of a, a different team coming into Chicago. This is going to be their second meeting of the regular season. Chicago taking that first match on the road against Kansas City earlier uh, this year. But uh, Chicago also getting back uh, their Olympians. Well, some of them. Uh, they're getting back Casey Kruger, Tierna Davidson. They made appearances over the Women's Cup tournament. Uh, listen, they are still out with a knee injury and a update, an injury update for Julie Ertz out of Chicago uh, via U.S. soccer is that Julie Ertz is actually dealing with a hamstring injury uh, and a lower back uh, issue as well. So she is going to be week to week. That was the update they got this week. They're looking for an additional update next week. She's on a, uh, you know, a, a rehab assignment. So we'll see what happens. Uh, this team, though, has been navigating Quite frankly, they're 2021 without uh, their team captain in Julie Ertz. So this isn't necessarily news to them, though it might be an update news for for those who follow the game. But in terms of these two teams going head to head on on Saturday, Lisa, who who are you looking at? Who are you picking and, and why? Well, Kansas City coming off uh, their Wednesday match. Now turn quick turnaround on Saturday, just two days in between. Now they are coming off of a win. Great job, Casey. 
However, this is their third game in eight days. They're traveling to Chicago. So Chicago will be at home at SeatGeek Stadium. Chicago now with their Olympians back, like you mentioned, Sandra, with Casey Kruger, Tierna Davidson. That adds some some star power for them, especially in the back line, which is an area that they've honestly been lacking. They've Chicago's been in a bit of a rut. Um, over the last few weeks, they they lost their last game technically to PSG, not an NWSL regular season game, but they lost to PSG. They tied their last NWSL game to Louisville, ultimately losing that one in penalty kicks. Um, they lost to North Carolina. They lost to Orlando. They haven't won a game since August 1st versus Washington. That's a bit of a rut for Chicago. Yeah. Now with some of these stars back and, and maybe even – I don't know if Julie Ertz is hanging around the training facility, if she's getting her treatment in Chicago, but I think to have the Olympians back, even just in training, even just in the locker room, even just involved in the conversation around the games that are coming up in the regular season for Chicago helps these Chicago players. Um, Watt has been coming alive in the second half of games. It's taking her a little bit in, in game play to find her rhythm and, and progress throughout the game as it goes on. Can she get started earlier in the match? Can her and Malpew link up, start a game really strong, get on the front foot? I think if Chicago can score first in the first 15 minutes of this match against Kansas City, it will put them in a better position to win this one. Now, Kansas City, they are going to put up a really, really big fight, especially defensively. They now have A.D. French in goal. They have Katie Bowen, who's done a tremendous job slotting into that number six defensive midfield position. This game, I'm, I am so intrigued to watch it. I think it all will be really, really tight. I, I think Chicago could get back on their winning streak, though, with this game. Um, getting it past French is going to be really tough, but I see Chicago winning this narrowly, 1-0. Narrowly. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I think having the quick the quick turnarounds for Kansas City might come into to play a role mm-hmm. a little bit. Chicago will have had a little bit of rest uh, for themselves. They're also at home, so it's a little bit of a, a different boost for that. And they're they're viewing this as as their uh, welcome home game for for their Olympians. So there's a lot of energy uh, around that at the moment. And you know the team has sort of tasked themselves with viewing the regular season as a marathon, which you should because it's a long season. And they're entering this portion of the schedule that they're referring to as like the post Olympic push for the playoffs, quite frankly. And they're kind of on, they're on the outside looking in at the moment to level on, on points with 21 points with two other clubs. Um, but you know, those head to heads, those goal differentials, those tiebreakers are starting to come into play. So I would imagine that they're looking at this particular match and viewing this as a as an absolute uh, win for them, that they have to come out with points uh, in this game because moving forward with their remaining matches, every point is is really going to count in terms of how the playoffs sort of uh, shake out. So we'll we'll see what happens. I do think this one could be won by Chicago. I'd also agree that it could possibly be a narrow one because, quite frankly, both of these teams, as they're meeting for the second time this year, are not really in the same positions where they were when they met previously Chicago was still trying to figure things out generate their their office and their attack and Kansas City was 
struggling and they're struggling still, but in a different way where they're kind of coming out and playing some different types of uh, soccer and getting some different types of results in their second half of the season. So I'm going to go for Chicago uh, with this one, but I think a lot of it's going to have to do with how Mel Pugh comes out and, and plays and, and who really is there to support her, quite frankly, because uh, when Mel Pugh actually has support or channels that she can find and reach out to and options, uh, that bodes well. Uh, for Chicago. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. I don't even like. Do, do we Sunday, just, fun day, Sandra. It's do Sunday. Just, do we just fun dive day. in? Do we just, uh, let's <laughs> just dive in? Four matches, eight teams. Washington Spirit versus North Carolina Courage. I'm intrigued by this game, Lisa. We've got teams that are also welcoming uh, back Olympians, U.S. uh, Women's National Team Olympians, teams that are coming off impressive uh, games themselves. Uh, Obviously, North Carolina having a a big, big 4-0 win against the against the courage and then the spirit kind of having a really what felt like a really must when they needed that for a number of reasons, whether it was in the standings and perhaps, you know, team morale as well. Looking at this one, spirit are hosting. Do you think that's going to play any advantage in this one at all? Are you seeing this go one way or the other? Is this got more of like a draw or a tie type of feelings for you, Lisa, who are you picking and why? These are good questions, Sandra. You come with the good questions. Remember, North Carolina is number two in the standings. They're coming off a huge win over Kansas City, 4-0. They've been unbeaten in their last five games, two ties, three wins. They have a lot of momentum going their way. However, last game, Havana Salone, she got a red card. So she is out for this match versus Washington, which opens up a spot in the midfield. I could see Kari Recaro slotting in there a little bit more defensive or Meredith Speck slotting into that midfield box. But when you look at this Courage front line and, and their attacking players that they have in Lynn Williams, Jess McDonald, Amy Rodriguez, those three are threat with Dabinia sitting in behind. I mean, amazing. Denise O'Sullivan as well in that midfield. I love watching this, this team now because they have a, a player like Amy Rodriguez that's finding her seams and Lynn Williams is back. Um, and between McDonald, Williams, and Amy Rodriguez, they all provide a different look at goal, something that is different from their their counterparts up there with them. So their threat is so big and so huge. Washington, though, they're coming off a big win over Orlando. Um, Tori Huster has been playing tremendously well in the midfield for Washington Spirit. I think Aubrey Bledsoe in goal, goalkeeper for Washington Spirit, is going to have a tall task to stop shots from Williams and Rodriguez and McDonald. I think she's going to be tested and put under a lot of pressure. I do think it'll be tight, but I think we're going to see some goals in this one. I'm hoping yeah. for three goals, two of them for North Carolina, because right. this, this front line and this attacking combination of, of the midfield, Dabinia and, and Williams, Lynn, they can score goals. So I'm going to go two for North Carolina, but Washington will get on the board, 2-1. What do you think? I'm going spirit with this one, Lisa. I don't know. I, there's something about when these two teams, I mean, when they last met, it was at – Audi field there was something it was, it was like the game that really sort of kicked off a very strong streak for Washington spirit and they're not going to have some key midfielders in the courage side of things that includes somebody like Sam Mewis, who is officially 
out for the foreseeable future. And after going through arthroscopic uh, knee surgery, she had a scope done on the knee. So that's that's major. She's not going to be in commission for this team. But they do have still have somebody like a Dabinia in that midfield, somebody like a Denise O'Sullivan, uh, Meredith Speck, who has been putting together some pretty con- um, uh, consistent starts and, and performances for this North Carolina side, but you mentioned Tori Houston and, and in that same breath, we have to talk about Andy Sullivan. So the, I do think it's going to come down to the midfield in this game uh, for both of these teams. And while Lynn Williams and Jess McDonald are a huge threat in the attack, you've got an Ashley Sanchez and Ashley Hatch, a Trinity Rodman. I think this could be, it feels appropriate that this is the game to kick off the games on Sunday. It almost feels mm-hmm. like this is going to be the one that could be a lot, a lot of fun. And I thought it was a great match at Audi Field the last time these two teams made. And I think it could be another one this time, but I'm going to go the way of the spirit for this one. I think it'll be narrow, but they're going to pull it out. What's the score? You have to give me some numbers. I'm going to, I'm going to say it's narrow. I'm going to say it's two one as well. I think it's going to be three goals. I think you can't, you can't stop them all from, from so North we Carolina. agree on the three goals, but just not who's going to score them. Gonna, just not who's going to get it. I think I think we're going to. I'll we're gonna see, see you some, on Monday. We're going to see. We're, we're going to see what happens. Watch, it's going to be a tie. We just jinxed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a draw. Let's look ahead. The next one coming up is Gotham FC versus Orlando Pride. We got two teams looking to get back in the win column. Lisa, who's who's st- standing out in this match? And why we've got Gotham hosting. Is that going to, you know, provide the added oomph for them? It's going to be head coach Freya Coombs last game with this team before they bid her adieu off to Angel City FC. Uh, who's taking the win or not on this day? This will be a very, very tight game. Um, it's a quick turnaround for Gotham. They, they just lost to Portland on Wednesday. Um, and, and they took a long time to get into that Portland game. We we talked about it at the start of this episode. Will Margaret Purse be back? Most likely not. She's still injured, but you never know. Could see her pop in there. Orlando has split their last three games. Um, they lost to Washington. They tied with Portland. And at the beginning of August, they beat Chicago 2-0. Yeah. So they are, they're rough. They're, they're going through a rough patch right now, but the goal scoring opportunities against a tired Gotham team are going to be there for Orlando. However, I think with Carly Lloyd and the the power that Gotham has defensively, they had some breakdowns in that Portland match. I think that it'll be tighter. I think that defensively they're going to screw their heads on a little sharper and then be mentally more tuned into this matchup against Orlando. I'm going with a draw. Okay, this is the one that screams. Draw. I don't. I don't blame you. I've gone back and forth a lot on this one too, Lisa. I'm not too sure if someone's going to come out a winner in this match, but I will say this: they're going to play like they want there to be a winner because we're getting yes. to again. We're getting to this part of the season. We've got a bunch of teams that are just clustered in the middle of these standings, and these are two of them. 21 points, head-to-head tiebreakers are going to come into play. Goal differentials are absolutely going to come into play. These are the games that you're starting to look at in this final third of the regular season where you're like, these are actually six-point games. They're not just three-point games. You got to swing them the way you can swing them. And these are the type of big games where you start to see if those big-time players are going to come out with those big-time games. So we're 
yes, we need to be keeping an eye on somebody like Carly Lloyd, but we also need to be keeping an eye on somebody like Sydney LaRue, who has been phenomenal for this Orlando Pride team this entire season. And uh, we'll see what happens. It comes out of this game. I, I kind of want to give it to Orlando in this one just because they've got a little bit of a longer, uh, you know, lack of wins, you know, lack of wins going on. They don't, they're winless, I think, in their last three, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And Gotham is coming off of a, a two game skid. So I'm, I'm going to give it to Orlando. I think the dog that's been, you know, beaten down a little bit more might have a little bit more bite uh, coming into this one. So we'll see. I won't be surprised if maybe it comes down to a goalkeeper battle either. Yes. If we're seeing something come down to, to, to how Kaylin Sheridan or Ashton Heron play in their net these games. So we'll see. I think it could be narrow if it does come down to a win or a loss, but I think I might give that edge to Orlando if it does come down. And both teams, like you said, they need this win. This is a must-win game for both of these squads, which is why I think it's going to be a I know we were hyping up. I know we were hyping up this first game with the spirit and the courage, but this is another one. This is another one that just sort of feels like if it comes out with a with whichever team happens to get it or if they do come out with a win it could sort of feel like it's a definitive like season defining type of win and it can really maybe give them a trajectory uh, to close out the regular season so so we'll see you got to draw i'm actually leaning towards Orlando a little bit so so we'll see what happens in this one we've got owl rain versus portland they just keep getting better, Lisa. The games <laughs> just keep getting better. We've got the Pacific Northwest rivals. The Cascadian rivalry is back. This time, Oral Rain will be hosting Portland Thorns FC. We've got two games or two teams that are going into this game in pretty decent form. Lisa, who are you picking in this one and why? You know, that's such a deep question, Sandra. Let me explain myself first before I give, <laughs> give it all away, give away all the answers. We've talked about the narrative that including internationals back into squads in regular season play, and we saw it with Portland and how they had no trouble doing that. However, OL Reign, I think that it's going to be a steeper hill to climb incorporating their internationals mm-hmm. back. There's a bit of an adjustment period for players coming back for OL Reign. Megan Rapino, Quinn, they have... They need a little bit of space. They need some time to get back into the rhythm of things because that's a lot of star power that was missing from OL Reign that other players had to pick up the slack and take on different roles. Um, Le Somer still out um, for for the foreseeable future for OL Reign, which does stop some of the magic and the creation in the midfield for OL Reign. Now they do have Rapino and, and Fishlock that can do a lot of damage, but... Portland, this is a tight turnaround for them. There's four teams, of course, that played Wednesday night that will then have to play. This is is at least on Sunday, but they're sitting at number one. They have 32 points in the standings. They're ahead of the number two spot, North Carolina, by five points. This gap has been consistent for the Portland Thorns over the last few weeks, but there's still a gap. They cannot be beaten and they cannot be taken off the number one spot in one weekend. I don't foresee a drop in consistency from Portland. Um, In back-to-back weeks, I don't see a drop in consistency where they're shoved off of that number one spot. They're undefeated in their last nine NWSL games. Um, And Sophia Smith, she is on something right now, on something beautiful. I want whatever she is drinking. I want to drink that (laughs) Kool-Aid. This game, I want it to be tight and I want it to be good, but I just see Portland coming out on top. they're too consistent and they're too good right now. And they don't have a big head about it. I see Portland coming out on top. Portland is the team 
to be this year. Lisa, you are correct. And I am disagreeing and saying that, oh, we're <laughs> going to be the team to do it. They're going to be the team to do it. They had an impressive win against them early in the season. Again, these are two teams that are not in the same positions that they were when they first met this regular season. I think that they're better. They're both now in the part of the season where they are better. Yes, Portland has been on a ridiculous, impressive streak right now. And I think that O.L. Reign is going to be motivated by that to sort of have their visiting longstanding rivals come on into their home turf and want to make a bit of a statement win of their own. It's one thing to be getting results and ensuring that you're keeping pace with the playoff table. But while we're talking about like a game like Gotham and Orlando that can maybe have, you know, season implicating type of results, I think this could be one of those for the rain as well quite frankly. Uh, it could be a scenario in which the strongest team in the league always sort of has their kryptonite in some sense. And we've seen that in prior seasons with somebody like a North Carolina Courage who had always had struggles against the Red Stars during the regular season, but had big payoffs in the playoffs. And this could, I think, ring true this year for Oral Rain and Portland Thorns. And I think Oral Rain are going to take this one. I don't know if it'll be a huge high-scoring match. I think we've got a little bit of a fatigued Thorn side, although they've been impressive as they have been, against an all-rain side that has, can either beat you in big goals and big in big ways, or they can kind of squeak one by you. So I think it'll be a, maybe a 2-1 type of scoreline, but I think it'll go away of all-rain. Do you have Rapino scoring a goal? I definitely don't have her scoring two penalty kicks. I'll say <laughs> I'll say that. I'll say that. Uh, I don't think think, anyone could have predicted that. (laughs) No, I don't think anybody could have predicted that, ourselves included. Uh, But I do think that the goals come at least from one type of uh, U.S. Olympian, whether it's a Rose Lavelle or uh, a Megan Rapinoe. So it might come from from one of them. But I won't be surprised if if Balser gets involved in the mix or seeing somebody like Sofia Huerta uh, getting uh, getting some action behind the ball as well. So uh, this is another exciting one. I just like to put you on the spot, Sandra. That's it. I just like to. Oh, I embrace it. I welcome (laughs) it. It's, It's like a friend just checking in. I welcome it. It feels delightful. We got a last one, Lisa. We've got Houston Dash against Racing Louisville FC. We talked a little bit about this Louisville side and their game in the midweek action. Quick turnaround for them on the road to Houston. Not an easy place to play just in terms of quite just quite literally the heat and the weather and the elements that take place there. Houston, another team on the outside looking in trying to make their way back into these playoff standings in a, in a little bit more of a secure sense. And this could be one of those games where they're looking at their opposition coming in and maybe saying, we have got to take advantage of this opportunity in front of us. This is a team on short rest, quick turnaround, a lot of minutes coming into our house. We got to take this one. I think I might be leaning for Houston dash in this one, Lisa, who are you picking and why? I'm leaning towards Houston Dash. Um, they're, they're number eight in the standings, 18 points. They're just two ahead of Louisville, just two points ahead. And they're only three points behind the Tide, Chicago, Orlando, and Gotham. Of course, it'll all shake out by the time this game kicks off. But for Houston, this is a must-win game. If they, they're right on the cusp of the, the playoff line in the standings. They need this win. And Louisville... 
This is the last game of their really tight stretch. Five games in 15 days. They were tired on Wednesday versus Kansas City. I don't know how they're going to get more energy for this Houston matchup on Sunday evening, but I think Houston takes this one, whether it's just by four, by sheer force and will and, and desire to win. I think that could honestly be it. I don't foresee this being a very pretty game. I don't. With yeah. the tired legs from Louisville and and Houston just not being able to find good rhythm and consistency and connection amongst their players, it's probably going to be a sloppy game, but Houston will come out on top. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you on that as well. You know, Houston came out of this uh this WICC tournament uh on the losing sides of of both their matches. Uh, but coming out on, on the front foot, really trying to make an effort to to make statements and try to press the issue and and force a result in their favor, but just didn't work out that way. Chatting a little bit over that time while I was out there in Portland with somebody like Rachel Daly in post-game scenarios, just you could sense some of the frustration, but at the same time, the optimism of needing to to work a little bit stronger together, a little bit harder with each other to to ensure those results come through, uh, especially when they are a team that has, uh, you know, struck first to get a lead and then kind of see that slip away. So I'm eager to see uh, how they look back in, you know, NWSL regular season action. I'm curious to see if uh, head coach James Clarkson will continue um, with some of the different looks that we saw during that WICC tournament. I mean, we started to see Jasmine Spencer at the outside back position alongside uh, Jamila Fields on the opposite flank. I'm, I'm curious to see if that continues uh, with his team moving forward in light of the Olympians returning, having somebody like Rachel Daly back or somebody like Nichelle Prince or somebody like a Christy Mewis as options uh, for the starting 11. What does that back line look like moving forward for this Houston dash side? So I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, I think they want, uh, we're talking about statement games. I think Houston is going to want one of their own to really sort of push this final third of the season into gear for them. And I think this could possibly be it, but we'll see. Uh, I'm not too sure we're going to get a blowout, but I think we could get a win and I think we could go Houston's way. Uh, but that's it. That's wrapping up all of the NWSL previewing for this weekend. I'm excited to watch all of these games. There is no one game I think that stands out over the other. I think they're all going to be good ones. They all could be uh, season-defining in some sense, but massively, massively, massively exciting. Uh, really quick for the standings for everyone, if you're paying attention, we've got Portland Thorns in first place with 32 points, North Carolina Courage in second place with 27, and we've got a whole narrow, crowded field, 22 points in third place, Washington Spirit, 22 points in fourth place, Oil Rain. Fifth place and sixth place, Gotham and Orlando Pride, respectively, with 21 points. And outside of the playoff table, we've got Chicago Red Stars in seventh with 21 points, Houston Dash with 18, Racing Louisville with 16, and Kansas City NWSL with 10 points. Keep an eye on it, folks. It's going to change again this weekend. I want to thank you all for listening. A quick reminder to follow us all on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you leave it with a question, we will answer it. We're also available as videos. Subscribe to us on YouTube for episodes with extended NWSL highlights. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And we will be back Monday for an NWSL weekend recap and see who got their game predictions correct between the two of us. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. 